Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across the UK and Ireland, brought to you by Insurance Business. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of IB Talk, the insurance industry podcast brought to you by Insurance Business. My name is Mia Wallace, Senior Editor of Insurance at Insurance Business. Today I am joined by somebody who will be familiar to many listening as a long-standing advocate for evening the playing field for women working in insurance, Group Chief Operating Officer for Specialist Risk Group and Vice President of the Insurance Institute of London, Claire Lebeck. Many thanks for joining me here today, Claire. Good morning, it's nice to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. And to start us off, I would be great to hear a little bit about how you first came to join the insurance sector and to have you walk us through some of the standout milestones of your career to date. So I joined the insurance sector straight from university. I had a friend who worked in London Market Recruitment. Um, she knew I could speak French and she mentioned that she had a role at a very small brokers in London and they were looking for somebody to translate French motor excess of loss claims into English and then broke them in the market. Of course, I didn't actually know what that meant at the time, but when she explained it to me um, and how she described it, it sounded like something that I would really enjoy, enjoy doing. Um, so I jumped in with both feet. Um, I guess my career has been defined by a number of key changes in direction. So from claims, I went into account execing, from account execing into HR and from HR into sales, and then from sales into project management and then into operations. Um, and each one of those steps has been a bit of a career defining moment for me. With each change, it's been accompanied by a new set of qualifications, um, a new set of skills, which is probably why I've got so many letters after my name. Um, and I guess each one of those has really propelled me forward. So, yeah, I mean, uh, in a nutshell, I'm a jack of all trades and master of none, really. Well, I think master of all trades would be more accurate, but it's great to see the variety that you've had in your career and, and you have had such a rich career in insurance. So I wonder, looking back, how you feel the profile of women in insurance has changed since you joined the profession? So I joined over 30 years ago. I, I can't quite believe it, but yeah, it's 30 years. Um, and when I joined, there were very few female figureheads in the market. So as a young, very ambitious woman, it was difficult for me to find a really good senior role model. So there was a couple of outstanding women account executives that I worked with in my early career. And on reflection now, I realise how fortunate I was because in those days and when I was working at Carvel, there were, you know, there, as I say, there weren't that many good female role models. But there, there was, it was particularly two women that I really looked up to and who taught me a huge amount. Um, as I say, actually looking back, I worked in a team which was very a bit unlike the time, but it was very well balanced actually from a gender perspective. And that really, really helped me. So fast forward. 30 years and obviously the picture has changed there are many more senior female role models in the market um, and there's also a really great set of networking organizations to help you access them there's also platforms like LinkedIn that make it easy to find content and podcasts that, that are there to support women just like this one of course Mia so I think for me that's what's really changed and that's what's the real standout change, the number of female senior leaders in the market to help young female ambitious individuals come into the market and find somebody to role model. So what areas have you focused on in your career from a development point of view to build out success that you've enjoyed in insurance to date? 
during my career, I've always focused on trying new things. You'll have, yeah, you'd have heard that I've switched around in, in the things that I've done in the market. Um, and each time I've tried to get as good as I can possibly get at each one. I mean, it doesn't mean to say you're going to be a master, but obviously I try to be as good as I can at each one. And that's probably the reason why I've got so many qualifications after my name, because you know, each time I've switched direction, be into project management, I've done my Prince 2. When I was doing operations, I did my Six Sigma. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I have felt has helped me to succeed. Um, I've also said to myself that if, if something isn't lighting my fire, if I'm not willing to get out of bed for it and it's just becoming a, you know, a burden, it's time for a change. And I think that's really helped as well because it's kept me fresh and enthused um, and motivated. Um, but also I've spent a lot of time um, really understanding who I am as an individual and what makes me tick. And that's really helped too, because I, I can look at something and think, right, okay, I know myself. I'm happy to push myself outside my comfort zone, but actually I know myself and actually that probably wouldn't be a good fit for me. And, and I think that's really helped me as well. Fantastic. And, and on the subject of career development, do you feel that the hiring strategies and the DEI policies that we have now within the sector have made it easier for women to return to work after a career break? I swing backwards and forwards on this, really, because I think there are a number of high profile firms that have introduced returner programs, which is fabulous. And of course, you know, the policies that there are in place in terms of sabbaticals, et cetera, are great too. However, I think um, it's great to create these opportunities, but we have also got to support returners and encourage them to take them. It's a big change if you've spent time out of the workplace and it's a big step forward to jump back in. Um, there's always the fear systems and processes have moved on and the market has shifted and all that can make it quite daunting. So whilst I think the frameworks are there, I think returners still need a lot of support to take advantage of those opportunities. Speaking of the market moving on, what impact are you seeing DEI strategies have on the products and services that the market produces? And is there more to be done in this area? I definitely think there's more to be done. Um, I spoke a little while ago, and I'm sorry to repeat myself, but I do think it's a really good piece of work that the CII did call, called Ensuring Women's Futures, the impact um, that career breaks um, and childcare have on women and how disproportionately they're affected um, and their pensions and their healthcare is affected by that. There was some really, really good work and suggestions put forward in that. I'm not close enough to that sector because obviously when I work in the London market to know if they've been fully realised. Um, but certainly I think that was a great piece of work to start us with. Um, there was also some really good policies and certainly as a sector, we should be lobbying government to, to have to relook at those to make sure that, you know, we're doing it as much as we can for women. Um, you know, for example, you know, if you're married, uh, you know, been married for 30 years and you get divorced in later life and you've always been at home as a carer, you know, what pension have you got? There's not an automatic um, sharing of, a, of, a, of, a, of, of your partner's pension if you get divorced. And that can mean that actually many women are really significantly disadvantaged. So I think there's a lot of work probably still to be done in that area. I think equally, when you talk about, we've talked about services and not just product, I think we've got to start looking very carefully about how we distribute. So we've got Gen Z 
starting to come through into the insurance purchasing market. They're apparently, according to studies, the most diverse um, generation yet, you know, both in terms of, you know, ethnicity, gender, you know, all of the things that, you know, we talk about when we think about um, diversity and inclusion. And I wonder how much work we've done and whether we've been good enough at looking at the products that they will need in a, in a new, in a new gig economy, how they consume information, you know, we all, you know, those of us of a certain age use aggregators and things like that, but you no, know, they're not website based. They are, you know, TikTok, they are Instagram. And we talked earlier before we came on air about the impact of those sites having, you know, have we done enough work on that side of things? And also, do we support them enough in understanding the products that we sell? You know, they're first time buyers of many, many of the, of the products that we've got. Do we do enough to support them in understanding the implications of, of having or not having certain kinds of insurance um, in your life? You phrased a lot of really interesting points there, and it's clearly an area that you're putting a lot of thought and a lot of time, a lot of research into. And I wonder, overall, are you encouraged by the progress the industry is making on DEI? Is the dial moving, and has hybrid working helped with DEI structures and policies? There is no doubt that these that the, the policies are working absolutely. I think obviously we can never sit back on our laurels. Um, you know, because there's always more that we can do. You know, there's been a very heavy focus on gender equality, but equally there are other, you know, ethnicity, you know, all those other sorts of things we need to still keep the dial moving on. So I think there's much work to still do. Um, I think on hybrid working, I'm a massive supporter. You know, I think I have even sort of quite openly said that I think it's one of the best feminist policies that's there, that, that's in circulation at the moment. I think it's massively helped um, women that have childcare responsibility and equally men who have childcare responsibility. Let's not forget that side of things as well. Um, you know, to have that flexibility is absolutely fabulous. Um, and so I am a huge supporter of it and, and, and I will be for a long time in the future um, because I think it really has helped. Now, I've seen in my own team personally know what a difference it's made I, they, you know I'm sure there's one individual I'm thinking of is if we weren't able to offer them this hybrid working we would have probably lost them and that would have been a real big miss from SRG and the sector um, so yes I think it's made a huge difference and difference and long may it continue Mia. I absolutely echo that sentiment and I wonder from your perspective having had such a varied and interesting career in the market, what advice would you share with a woman considering a career in insurance or a return to a career in insurance? So I think there, there's a lot, you, there's a lot to, out there. And I think one of the first things I would, I would advise for anybody, and in fact, I'm going to advise, I, my son has asked me to talk to one of his um, friends who has just graduated and she is um, looking for some direction. And I'm going to say exactly the same thing to her as I'm, that I'm going to say on this podcast is that first of all, use your network. You've got a network, you might not think you've got a network, but you have and use it to its full ability. Next, go onto LinkedIn, update your profile, put a really compelling photograph on there. Um, and also really think about the skills that you've, uh, that you've gathered over the years, because actually you'll be surprised at how many transferable skills that you have. Then spend at least one day a week going through making those connections. 
Now, if you start by the really high profile people that we all know, you know, things like Amanda LeBlanc, you know, uh, and uh, Inga Beale, and then just then start looking at who's following and who's commenting and start connecting with those. Then start looking at what they're saying and what the industry is saying as a whole. You know, LinkedIn is a great way to consume content, to understand the movers and the shakers, et cetera. So all of that helps to build confidence. And, you know, that's, if, that, if there's one piece of advice I'd give to people is that if you're thinking of coming back in, try and get yourself up to speed with who's who, what's going on, and make those connections. And don't feel afraid to message them if, that, if you've got that capability within LinkedIn. Now, say, you know, I'm thinking of coming back into insurance. Now, ask them for advice as well. There's a lot of really great practical and actionable advice there, Claire. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and to share your insights into what a career in insurance can actually look like and the opportunities it can bring. You're very welcome, Mia. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you also to everybody for tuning in. And I look forward to welcoming you next time here on IB Talk. Thank you for tuning in to IB Talk. You can listen to the latest episodes on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all major listening channels. Just search for IB Talk.